0: In this perspective series, you will see how the book of Nehemiah shows that you are uniquely needed. Hey. So chapter 6: Further Opposition to the Rebuilding. Now, what we saw in chapter 5 was Nehemiah helps the poor, like you know, the poor cannot wait. Well, the 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 resounding message from Nehemiah chapter 6 is that God cannot wait. Now it's not that God is impatient, it's just the fact that God is full of purpose and he has specific times and deliverables that he wants, not because he's like you know some taskmaster whipping us or he's just saying oh come on guys, no no God is full of purpose and you have been uniquely made to fulfill some of the purpose that God wants to see on the earth and he has specific dates and times and plans associated with you written in His book that you're to be part of. See, Nehemiah is full of very specific dates and times. And so we saw in um, in Nehemiah chapter one, verse one, it says, in the month of Kislev in the 25th year, he hears of the wall. And then in Nehemiah two, verse one, it says, in the month of Nisan in the 25th year, um, he speaks to Artaxerxes. And then if you jump to Nehemiah 2.11, we then see that he inspects the wall for three days. And then we get to Nehemiah 6, and if you jump to verse 20, 25, verse fifteen, you see that they complete the wall on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. And so at the very simple level, you can see that God's plans had very specific days and times associated with them. And you are part of God's plans, and there are specific dates and times associated with things that God wants you to do. Now we're going to look at some of those things in more detail but but first of all let's just look at Nehemiah's um, attitude and and behavior in chapter six see there's still opposition to the the wall building and what they're doing but the tactics change and so first you see four times Nehemiah gets invited to go and meet with these people that are opposing him now it's about 25 miles away that they're saying hey come and meet us in this place so that's about two days travel for Nehemiah so it'd be kind of two days there some time meeting with these people and then two days back. So this is like a four to five day trip that they're trying to calm away. Now we know the walls got finished in fifty days. So this is almost like ten percent of the building project time they're trying to calm away. It's not a huge amount, but it's also hugely significant um, time for him to go. Added to the fact that they're probably wanting to get him away from the people and, and so that they can harm him. But what does Nehemiah do? He just dismisses it, and he gets over. He says, "God's told me to do something. I'm going to do that." We can learn from that resolve and focus to do what it is that God's called us to do. So those first four times they try and invite to come. Fifth thing they then do, they kind of send someone from this, from these people to go to Nehemiah with a letter. But it's an open letter. Remember, this is two days travel. So basically for two days, this this guy with this letter is, is showing it to people. And in the letter they're saying basically, guys, look, you know, Nehemiah and these people, they're trying to revolt. They're basically trying to start a civil war. And so this guy's walking with us over there, trying to basically stir up in the nations and the people around them, basically anger and, you know, kind of basically hatred and fear towards what it is that Nehemiah and the people are doing. And so for two days, he's, he's basically bandying about this letter everywhere he can and finally delivers it to Nehemiah. What does Nehemiah do? Well, he doesn't retort with his own open letter, sending it back, saying, hey, go and tell everyone this. He doesn't actually even worry about being misunderstood Politely, he declares the truth of what is actually going on. He declares truth. He prays. What does he do next? Gets on with the work that God's called him to. Because he knows that God is full of purpose and God has called him to this and the plans of God cannot wait. We can learn from that. The third type of opposition that happens is a friend, I'll put that in open quotations, a friend comes and gives them a prophetic word and says basically let's go and hide in the temple there are people coming to kill you now this person was shut in so basically you know they're they're not someone that's out and about so actually it it even heightens the sense that oh maybe this genuinely was something where God had spoken to this person because how else would they um, you know, be able to kind of you know sort of be influenced by people around them and in verse 10, you see that this this friend is proposing to meet him in the holy place, just outside the holies of holies. This was, this was territory for priests only. You can go and look at Numbers 18, 17. And so what's Nehemiah's response? This is a friend saying, I, I think before God that these people are trying to calm and kill you and come and meet me in this priest only place and we'll hide out there and keep ourselves safe. Well, Nehemiah's response is incredibly interesting. He declares truth about his character and his identity rather than believing this, what we find out is a deception from someone. He basically says, you know, like a man like me. Now, that's not pride speaking. He's just saying, you know, like I, I have responsibility and I have a character that means that a man like me cannot go and do this thing. He says someone like me can't go into the temple. He knows that that is priest only territory. See, Nehemiah knows who he is. He knows who God has called him to B, he knows what God has called him to do. His identity in God is absolutely secure, which allows him to rebut what is effectively an attack against him. And we can learn from that as well. There's a a brilliant book by a guy called um, Dale Mast um, um, called And David Perceived He Was King, which talks all around identity. And it is genuinely a, a, a powerful book to go and spend time with. And actually, interestingly, it's only after he dismisses this, you know, word from a friend that Nehemiah discerns that actually it was deception and it wasn't true. And again, it's interesting. Sometimes the circumstance allow God God allows us to experience is that we might only, after we've made the decision to stand firm in God, discover the true source of what was, you know, kind of temptation or this kind of distraction or this lure away. Nehemiah only discovers it after he's rebutted this attack. And so what you see in Nehemiah 6 is is, um, he he fights past threats, fears, misunderstanding, persistent enemies, you know, the deception of a friend, false prophets. He he fights against sinning, going to the holy of holy places because he's absolutely focused on what God has called him to do. God has told him to do something and Nehemiah knows that God cannot wait. Now, I want to look a bit more in detail at the the timeline that we, we mentioned briefly at the start. And so we see in, in, in Nehemiah 1 verse 1, it's Kislev in the 25th year, he hears about the wall, remember his heart is broken, and he says, I resolved to do something about it, I was cut later to the king. Well, it's then four months later that we see in chapter 2 verse 1, he's in front of Artaxerxes, and he's able to make his um, his plea to the king about the walls. Well, it's then three months later, Nehemiah arrives in Jerusalem and has these three days inspecting the wall that you see in Nehemiah 2 11. And then they start building straight away, and 52 days later, the wall's complete. So, you know, like this is this is a protracted period of time. He hears about it four months later, he's in front of the king, three months later, he's in Jerusalem, three days exploring, and then 52 days to build the wall. The wall's complete on the 25th of Elul. Now, on the surface, that doesn't mean a huge amount to some of us necessarily. But in the Hebrew calendar, Alul is the month, kind of the last month before these kind of these high holidays. And it's the, the month where the Hebrew people were called to um, acts of repentance or self-reflection. And interestingly, the four letters that make up the Hebrew word Alul are believed to be an acronym um, for the phrase from um, Song of Songs. Uh, now, I write this down, Ani liddodi vidodi Li, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. And the whole purpose of love, this month of Elul, it talks about this relationship with God, a compassionate relationship, full of understanding, forgiveness, and a a love that understands that life and us were works in progress. Nobody's perfect from the start. What's interesting as well is in the, the Jewish tradition, the first day of creation where God creates existence, time, matter, darkness, light. In the Jewish calendar or the Jewish tradition, they believe that was the 25th of Elul. The first day of creation happens on the 25th of Elul. And this incredible building project that Nehemiah does that astounds the people around them. You know, God authors this work. He's the enabler for the work. He's the one who spoke it into happening. He, he stirred Nehemiah to do it. He led his people to do this incredible thing. And God gets them to complete this work on the 25th of Elul, the same day that they celebrate that God created the world. It's an incredible um, demonstration of the times and seasons and plans of God. And you see in verse 16, it says, when the surrounding nations hear, they're afraid, they lost confidence. They realized that this work was done with the help of our God. That's what they see. The only conclusion that the people around them can see, not only the completion of the work, but the, the synchronicity of what's happening is that God has done this. Now, it's really interesting. It's 52 days. Um, in 1535, Sultan Suleiman, um, I probably butchered the name, but he ordered the ruined walls that, you know, the Jerusalem walls got ruined again. And, and the configuration of Jerusalem at this point is slightly different. So it's a slightly different shape. But in 1535, Sultan Suleiman, who, who kind of you put this right, it took him four years to rebuild the wall. Nehemiah, with the plans and the purpose of God, avoiding distraction, and him and the people of God completed it in 52 days. God cannot wait. It's not that he's impatient. He is full of purpose. God's plans have specific dates and times and people associated with them. Nehemiah dismisses any distraction, anything that could call him away from the work that God's called him to do. And with razor focus, with real acuity and sharpness, he is absolutely explicitly focused on the work of God. When distractions come, he just says, no, "No, I'm I'm about the work of God." You know, you can hear the words of Jesus. I'm about my Father's work. Where um, accusation or misunderstanding, he he politely declares truth. He prays and then he gets on his work. You know, when people are attacking him, his response talks to his character, his identity. Rather than believing the the words of the people around him, he says, "No, no, I know who I am in God. I know what God has called me to." And he fights past fears, misunderstanding, persistent enemies, false prophets, all these things, even against personal sin. He's able to fight against them because of this, because he's focused on what God's called him to do. Now, whoa, what do we do with that? Well, actually, some of us might feel frustration because we're thinking, oh, well, I just, I don't know what God's called me to do. Or or actually, I know that the, the, you know where, where Nehemiah speaks to his identity or his purpose, I just don't have those things. Well, Nehemiah starts with Nehemiah before God, with the thing that is uniquely created in him, the thing that uniquely breaks Nehemiah's heart. Remember, all these other people know about the walls. So you can spend time before God. What is it that you feel stirred in your heart? What is the thing that even already through prophetic word or just the circumstance you're in has God called you to? Focus on that work. There is incredible purpose. You are uniquely needed for the work that God has called you to. And fight to regain or, or a kind of hold on to you, the identity of who you are in Christ. So that you're able to block out all of the other things around you. Actually, I'm just going to pray, Father God, this is not something we can do in our own. Jesus, we need your help to stand firm in our identity and to have real clarity around what it is that we're meant to do. But God, in that place, would you help us to follow the example that Nehemiah sets, that Jesus sets of being like just sharply focused and uh, like aware that your work, your purpose has specific dates and times and deliverables against it. And Lord God, let us have the joy of doing the work. Amen.